Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Be sure to tune in to whatever Bethesda Church is doing on our website, BethesdaChurch.tv, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Now, let's jump into today's message. sermon series. How many people flipped the switch on Wednesday? Anybody flipped the switch on Wednesday? It's a real honor and a privilege to speak to you today. I want to thank the pastor and Chad and Pastor Karen and all the other pastors and ministers of this church. And This is a thriving organization. We have a dynamic church because we're living in a dynamic age. It's a very unique time in the history of the world. And I'm just so glad we have a beautiful church here and we're able to be in-house. I mean, people are glad to be in-house today, you know? If I have to wear a mask to be in church, I'll put an extra one in my pocket. I mean, whatever it takes to be in-house, it's just a wonderful thing. I have a very urgent word with you this morning that I want to share, and I pray that it will help you and give you strength in this very uncertain time. You know, 2020 has been a year for the history books, has it not? I mean, it's been probably one of the most unique years in my life and probably yours as well, you know, from the pandemic to all the uh, uprisings in the country and all the different division, and then to mix all that in with an election year, it's just really got a crazy, crazy time to be ahead of us. But sometimes we find ourselves in the valley of decision. Look at your neighbor and say, valley of decision. We're forced to make decisions on a daily basis. Some are more important than others, and some are not so important. But sometimes we have to make life-changing decisions. Life-changing decisions. Decisions that can alter our future and even our destiny. I'm speaking today to an individual in here that has not made a conscious decision to follow Jesus Christ. I'm also speaking to that young believer that's frustrated because they're not where they need to be with the Lord. And finally, I'm speaking to someone who's followed the Lord for years, but your walk is just not what it used to be. I guess in essence, I'm speaking to all of us here today as we dig into this this morning. You see, we are here at this time because God ordained it. And amen, amen, go ahead, give the Lord praise. God ordained it, and I'm just so humbled and, and, and just honored to speak, Pastor Chad, because this is just quite, a, quite an opportunity this morning, and uh, as you've realized, I'm not Pastor Chad, I'm uh, a little older, a little grayer, a little heavier, and I've ran with Pastor Chad, I'm actually a little slower, so uh, all those things, so if you, if you come this Sunday and it's your first time, welcome, but this is not the usual Sunday, all right, so come back another Sunday and hear our senior pastor speak. Let's dive into the word, shall we? So I want you to just to kind of get with me this morning, just, just for the next 30 minutes or so, I want you to just kind of bear with me in your mind, think about what we're, we're going through and what you're going through, and let's try to connect this crazy world to what happened years ago in Scripture. So get this, 3,400 years ago, 3,400 years ago, a man walked the earth by the name of Joshua, 
And Joshua was a mighty man of God. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan, into the promised land. He saw the land. He wanted to to attack and, and grab the land and retrieve what God had promised them. But he was one of only two that had decided to do it. The other 10 decided that it was just too much. The people were too big. There was just too many people there. It was just too vast. It was just unreachable. But Joshua had a good, positive attitude, and he wanted to continue, but they said no. And so God said, for your generation, you'll have to wait, Joshua, before you can go into the promised land. And so Joshua had to wait, and at the appointed time, they go in, and they start what is roughly a seven-year campaign taking back the promises of God. How many would like to take back the promises of God in your life? Amen. You know, there are things that God has promised you in his word that we've not accepted, that we've not grabbed yet. But Joshua went into the land and with the the Israeli army, with the Jewish nation, he went in there and the Hebrews took back what God had promised them. And then after this campaign, they lived in peace for a while and eventually Joshua was getting up in age, he was getting older. And he decides that he wants to bring the nation in to speak to them one last time. And so Joshua, at the end stages of his life, he's 110 years old. Look at your neighbor and say, that's old. Man, I thought Everett was old, but no, 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 110, man, that's old, right? He was 110 years old, and he gets the people of Israel together in the valley of Shechem. The valley of Shechem. He draws the people together. And I don't know exactly what that looked like, but I'm sure people were probably murmuring and wondering what is going on, what is happening, why are we here? And so the nation shows up in this valley and this aging leader of their nation steps out and he has something to say. I'm sure there was probably people murmuring and saying, what's wrong, what's going on, what are we here for? You see, all of us reach a point where we have to make a decision. All of us reach a point where we have to make a serious choice that will alter the trajectory of our lives. And so Joshua gathers the people together in that valley. In Joshua 24, verse 14. Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness and put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Someone say, serve the Lord. You see, Joshua 24, verse 14, is a very powerful statement. It's a very powerful statement because you have to dig a little deeper to understand exactly what Joshua is saying. And so Joshua, in this very strong piece of Scripture, is speaking to three different things. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit this morning. And I'm going to help you understand and help us look a little deeper into that. 
So in Joshua 24, verse 14 through 15, Joshua is looking at three things. He's looking at the cultural shift that has taken place in his nation. Anybody with me today? The cultural shift that has taken place in his nation. He's also looking at a younger generation that's struggling. And he's looking at the older generation that has forgotten where they came from. Mm. So if I could just dig into that a little bit this morning. You see, if you're a believer today, you need to recognize that this world is not your home. You have to understand that if you're in this house today, this world is not your home. We are a member of this church. We live in West Virginia or Virginia or a neighboring state. We belong in what I think is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But we are members of a kingdom. We are citizens of the king. And if you don't understand that today, a lot of this isn't going to make sense to you. Pastor Chad has given us a seven-week series to help us understand what a monarchy is, a supreme power, a supreme king. So we live in a kingdom, not out here just haphazardly in the world. And your thinking may not always line up with the culture today. Pew Research found that in 2018 and in 2019, Americans that describe themselves as Christians fell 12% to 65% of Christians identify as Christian believers. I'm sorry, 25, I'm sorry, 65% of Americans identify as Christians. That fell 12% to 65%. Out of 35,000 people polled, only 65% identified as Christians. In that same poll, they asked Americans, do you identify as atheist? agnostic or none, and that rose from 17% to 26%. Proverbs 14 and 34 says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. Jesus preached love. He preached forgiveness. He preached looking past people's imperfections, all the things that we preach today in our church and in this house. But we also preach that God alone has one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus. There is no other way. There is no other possibility. There is no other way to get into the presence of God. These truths and values don't resonate sometimes with the culture in which we live. They didn't resonate in ancient Judea when Jesus was alive. And friends, they don't always resonate in 2020 here in the world we live in today. So Joshua recognized there was a cultural shift in his nation. Secondly, he recognized there was a younger generation that didn't quite understand where they came from. There are teens and young adults living in the world today that see absolutely no need in religion. Are you with me here today? They don't understand the importance of it. I'm so excited that I go to a church where we have young people and we have young couples and we have students and we have people that are here. But you see, a very alarming statistic came to mind as I was researching and preparing for this, this message today. Researchers found that two-thirds of young people that go to college leave the church when they go to college. 
Now, mom and dad, if that don't alarm you or grandma and grandpa, if that doesn't upset you, then you need to listen to me today. There are so many young people that grow up in our churches. They go right to where they've always been in the circles of friends they've always had. But when they get away from all of that and they go live in a land and dwell among people that they're not used to, they leave that faith behind. But this is what's so alarming, church. Research has also found that their doubts started early. Their doubts started in grade school. They had questions about Genesis and about the beginning and about the Bible. And they had questions about evolution and abortion and all the different topics that are in, in, in vogue today and on the news. And we didn't have good answers for them, church. You know, it's one thing to tell people to trust Jesus, but when they have a question, we have to answer it from a biblical perspective. Amen? Parents in the Christian community have made a grave mistake. We've asked these people just to trust God, but we haven't answered the questions that they have. You know, when I was younger, I remember I had some questions in my my Sunday school class pastor, I, I, I didn't understand everything. I mean, you put all these different animals in a boat and then all of a sudden it lands and everybody walks. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things in the Bible that require faith. And I remember one of my Sunday school teachers said, well, the Bible says that you just have to believe it. Well, for me, that was enough. But friends, it may not be enough for your children. It may not be enough for your grandchildren. And so we have to understand that Joshua was speaking to a younger generation that had kind of lost their way and didn't understand where they came from. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are seared. Let me just say that again this morning. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are seared. Some people say you can believe in Jesus and contradict the Bible. You can't. You can't. Matthew 6 and 24 says you can't serve two masters. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot with God and expect to be able to walk. And Joshua recognized that. Joshua also recognized, thirdly, that there was an older generation that had forgotten where they had come from. You see, as we get older, we forget things, don't we? Anybody? Amen? All right. You ever gone through the house to go get something and, and you get into a room and you see something that needs done or maybe you change a light bulb and then you turn around and you go, why am I in here? Okay, am I the only person that's ever done that, right? Part of that's because we're so busy and we're so overwhelmed, but a lot of it is because you may get a little, maybe getting a little older. We drift and we forget the bad things about our old life outside of God and the enemy brings back the good thing. What does that look like? Well, you may know someone who was once on fire for God, who loved the Lord, who attended church regularly. They were in a small group. And all of a sudden, they're not even walking with the Lord today. Whew. Proverbs 26 and 11 says, As a dog returns to its own vomit, 
so is a fool who repeats his folly. Now, that's a pretty strong scripture, but it's pretty specific, isn't it? Why would you go back to that old life that you had before Jesus? Why would you go back to that? Well, let me show you how Joshua addressed these three things and make it relevant to our world today. Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve, either the gods of your fathers beyond the river. And in this verse, he is speaking to that older generation, Pastor. He's speaking to that older generation that remembered Egypt, all right? Remember, the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt for 400 years. They were enslaved, and they prayed for a deliverer. And God gave them Moses, and Moses led them out of Egypt. And that's a type and a cast of us as unbelievers, how we were in bondage and in sin. And our Redeemer, our Deliverer, Jesus Christ, led us out of that. And in this verse, he's speaking. He says, choose this day whom you will serve, either the gods of your fathers beyond the river. You see, they crossed over the river Jordan to get to the promised land. And he said, beyond the river, there's Egypt. That's where you used to dwell. Can I tell you today, we all have an Egypt. We all have a past. There is within us a place that we used to dwell before we got serious with God. Your Egypt may be the gods of addiction. In your Egypt, you may have had the gods of pornography that called you out or or bothered you, harassed you, or maybe it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend or some person in your life that was destructive. But God called you out of that Egypt and delivered you from those gods. I know a man not too long ago that he and his wife were doing well and she left him for her boyfriend before they were married. This has been a while back, years ago in another church. And they, they finally got back together and they reconciled and, and she came back out of Egypt back to home to her husband and they had children and they had a, a happy life and life was going great. And one day he woke up and she just left him and her family to go back to Egypt where she came from. You see, this is for someone today and I don't, I don't really have this in my notes but I feel it in my spirit. You have to choose the one you love, right, when you get married. Everybody know that? You choose the one you love. But so many in the world today, they don't want to love the one they chose. I'm going to say that again. You see, I do counseling here at this church. I'm the counseling pastor, so I deal a lot of times with marital problems and family problems, and it's close to my heart. And I'm so glad that Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen give me an opportunity to do that here at this church. You have to choose the one you love. But after you choose the one you love, you got to love the one you chose. Joshua saw that the people wanted to go back across the river. There were some that wanted to go back to Egypt, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. So be very careful when the enemy of your soul wants to drag you back across the river. You see, mom and dad, the gods you follow may someday be the gods your children follow. Man, I'm sorry, man. I feel a heavy presence of God in this house today. And I, I, I love to joke and cut up. And man, I usually have a lot of fun when I preach, but I just don't feel it this morning. I feel a seriousness in this house. You see, if you like to play football, guess what? Your kids will like to play football. If you like to hunt, your children will like to hunt. 
You like to shop? Your kids will like to shop. The reverse is true also. If you struggle with drugs and alcohol, your kids will struggle with drugs and alcohol. If you struggle with infidelity, your kids will struggle with infidelity. Be careful of the gods you choose. If you love God, guess what? Your children will love God. If you have a strong prayer life, guess what? Your kids will have a strong prayer life. If you love Bethesda, your kids will love Bethesda. If you love the pastors of Bethesda, your children will love the pastors of Bethesda. So you have to realize that you influence your children in all that you do. That's why I think sometimes we, we overlook the other opportunities we have to serve God. You see, if, if Pastor Chad comes and speaks every Sunday or has other men and women come and speak to you every Sunday to teach and preach and to share the word of God with you, it's not enough for you to just get Pastor Chad once a week. Pastor Chad wears himself out and preaches sometimes two, three times or more on a Sunday. But you have to open your Bible and you have to have a prayer life and you have to have more than that. And then when you come in here on Sunday... We connect together and we just make each other stronger. That's why small groups are so critical to a church this size. Small groups help you connect with other people, with other interests and other issues and situations that you're going through. And we're getting ready to start that, so please don't disregard that. Make that a priority if you can. So that was speaking to the older generation. And then Joshua goes on in, in chapter 24, he says, or the gods of the Amorites in the land in which you dwell. In this verse, he is speaking to the younger generation that is being influenced by the culture around them and the people around them that do not serve the Lord. They had conquered for the most part the lands of which they dwelled in, but there was probably still some shrines and some temples and some idols that were still in that land. Are you listening to me, church? They had conquered, but there were still some things in that land that weren't of God. This is precisely at the time that we're dwelling. The Amorites found in the Bible were massive, massive people. There was one Amorite king who was 13 and a half feet tall. That's NBA tall, all right? I think LeBron James is like six nine, seven foot tall. This dude stood six and a half feet taller than him. These were big people that they were living in their land. The Amorites were massive. And you see, when you have tall giants, you look up to them. Can I ask you a question this morning? Just between us? Parents, do you know who your children's giants are? Do you know who your children look up to? Do you know the music they're listening to? Do you know the friends that they're running with? Do you know the things that they watch, the websites that they visit? You need to be careful who you hang around, who you date, who you marry, because you're influenced by the people around you. 
That's why some children go off to college and they leave their faith behind because they're looking to giants beyond. They're looking at the culture around them. They're influenced by the land that they're living in. Can I ask you, where are you dwelling today? Where are you dwelling today? Who gets the majority of your time? Is it your friends? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it God? But Joshua says in 24, he says, as for me and my house, <laughs> as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do I have anybody here today that will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, get this, Joshua was 110 years old, but he remembered what God had done for him. He remembered the battles that God had fought for him. He remembered how the wasp went out ahead of them and attacked their enemies. He remembered how God had held the sun so that they could destroy their enemies. He remembered how the praise team and the priests marched around Jericho until the walls fell down and they walked up into the city and took a city that could not be taken. You see, church, we have to remember what God has done for us. We have to remember what God has done for our family and in our lives and in our walk. Because we as believers must never forget the blessings and the miracles of God. Joshua made the choice, and for him it was easy. He said, I choose God, the living God, that has watched over us and brought us to this point where we are today. You see, when you pick and choose, for me, I don't have to think real hard. Now, I'm not real smart, okay? I'm just an average guy. I went to public school. God helped me get through college. Whew, it was rough. I've had to work for every B and sometimes C that I ever made, right? But I get it when it comes to religious things and spiritual things because I've lived some things in my life that have taught me that when you have to choose good or evil, you choose good. If you have to choose life or death, you choose life. If you have to choose God or the devil, you choose God. Heaven or hell, it's real simple to me. But for some people, they struggle with that. For some people, they struggle with that. You see, sometimes people don't understand that the decisions you make have such an impact on your life. And so as I kind of reach the midpoint of my sermon this morning, look at your neighbor and say, man, he's midway through. <laughs> I can't see your, your face, but under those masks, I see some smiles, right? I'm going to talk to you just in briefly this morning before I close out. The three reasons people have trouble making decisions. First, for young believers... Your decisions can cause division. Look at your neighbor and say, decisions cause division. Decisions can cause division. What are you saying, Pastor Everett? Well, it's real simple. Sometimes when you make a decision, it divides you from other people. Luke 12, 51 says, do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. 
Here's a real quick news flash for you, Bethesda. When you follow God, you may not be popular. When you follow God, you may disagree with the kids at school. You may not get along with everybody on the job site. You may have to, to, to separate yourself. But sometimes when you make a decision, you divide yourself from other people. And a lot of young people don't want to be divided. They don't want to be singled out. Whew. Listen to me this morning, church. Many young believers know enough about God and religion to think they're right. But they don't know enough about God and the Bible to know when they're wrong. You see, there's a lot of young believers that they know enough about religion to kind of understand where they're right. But they don't know enough about God and the Word and our faith to know when they're wrong. If you don't understand that when you sell out to Jesus and, sell and serve him wholeheartedly, the world does not get you anymore. You see, from high school to just this week, I've divided myself from people. I've divided myself from some people in my world and in my, my, my culture. I've separated myself not because I'm perfect or I'm something special, I've separated myself because I have been bought by a blood-stained Savior that willingly left his kingdom and came down from heaven, came to this earth, died a horrible death so that I could be free and that the chains that used to hold me and that the sins that used to hold me back no longer have control over my life because I am free indeed because of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Can I get a witness today? When you stay in God's word and in his church and around his people, you will see that you have some very tough decisions to make. You can't make a decision and serve God and go back to your old circle of friends. So careful which God you choose. Secondly, Sometimes even older, more mature believers get tired and discouraged. Anybody ever got discouraged? I have. I have. If you've been in ministry for about 10 minutes, at some point you're going to get discouraged. All right? Churches are not perfect, folks. You know why? Because churches are filled with people. And as long as they have people, they're going to have struggles, right? But thank God we understand that. You can make a decision to serve God, but you have to change the way you look at the world. Careful which God you choose. But the enemy sometimes will come in, even to older, more mature believers, and they will say, he'll say to you, just go back for a day. Just go back to where you were for just a little while. Go back to Egypt for just a short time. And that addiction, that sin, that thing that God delivered you from calls you back. And if you're not careful, you'll fall right back into it. If you struggle in that way, you don't understand your position in the kingdom. First, I just mentioned to you, is decision brings division. The second reason people struggle with their decisions is they don't understand who they are in the kingdom. You see, when you live in a kingdom, your opinion doesn't really matter. You are there 
because the king allowed you to be there. And so what the king wants and what the king desires and what the king has asked you to do is all that you need to be concerned with. Corinthians 4.20 says, for the kingdom of God, not in word, but in power. Romans 14 says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. It is easy to follow God when you realize this one simple truth. You ready? He's all that matters. You know, Pastor Ev, I'm, I'm struggling with this thing or I'm struggling with that and I'm, I'm having problems, you know, and I don't, have you prayed about it and asked God? Well, no. We'll start there. What does this say lining up with the Bible? When you realize that God is all that really matters, your desires, your goals, and your ambitions don't really matter anymore. You see, there's a lot of things that I wanted to do with my life and a lot of things I may have been able to do with my life. But when I felt God's calling on my life, I had to put all that behind me. And there were some dreams that I had to really struggle with putting in the grave because I held on to those dreams and I wanted those dreams so bad. But God said, no, I've got something else for you. And I had to get a kingdom mentality and walk away from Everett's dreams so that I could pick up the mantle of my king and do what he had called me to do. How many believe that today in this house? It's easy to follow God when you realize he's all that matters. My desires, my goals, and my ambitions all take a second seat to my king. The life that I had before Jesus and the life that you had before Jesus was dry, dead, and hopeless. So why would you want to go back? Exodus 20 and 6 says, But showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. But showing loving kindness to thousands to those that love and keep my commandments. You see, here's the third, the third choice, or the third issue people have with choosing. The first one is division, comes from decisions. Secondly, they're not kingdom-minded. But thirdly, and church, listen to this today. People don't understand that your decisions not only affect you, but they affect everybody around you. Did you hear me today? You may think that if you choose to go back to Egypt or you choose to worship the gods around you or you choose to walk back out on God, that it only affects you. But that is a lie from the straits of hell. Your decisions affect you, your family, your children, your friends, and everything else around you. Be careful which God you choose. In Exodus 20, God says, I'll show loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. But look at this, and this should really wake some people up. Deuteronomy 5.8 says, The Lord visits the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. What does that mean, Everett? That means if I struggle with addiction or I have a drug problem and my children see that I have a drug problem, guess what, folks? 
My children will probably have a drug problem. And my third generation, my grandchildren, and even my great-grandchildren. How many in this house today, you know someone that falls into this category? You knew their mother or their father? You knew their grandmother or their grandfather? You knew their children or their grandchildren? And guess what? They're struggling with the same thing. The decisions you make will alter not just your life, but the people around you. Young person, the choices you make can affect the rest of your life. A life without Christ is a life wasted, selfish, and filled with fear and disappointment. Choose this day who you will serve. Folks, we're talking about not just making good choices and a good lifestyle, which is important. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about a world outside the beautiful walls of this church that's lost and confused and dying. Be careful which God you choose. Mom and dad, the choices you make today will affect your children, your grandchildren. So why not live righteous? Why not live holy? Why not have integrity? Why not live in love and peace and joy? And choose God and place the blessings of God on your family instead of the curses of the enemy. I want you to understand this today and get this in your spirit. We are at a pivotal point, I believe, in the turn of this country where we have to really make some tough decisions about what we're going to do. And I'm not here to tell you how to do anything political. I don't get into that. That's between you and God and the Bible. But I am here to tell you that there are some people you work with that are lost. There are some people you go to school with that don't know Jesus. And you're going to have to make a difference in their lives because you might be the only opportunity they get to know how Jesus died for them, gave his life for them, and is willing to save them. You may be the last person or the only person. As I prepare to close, Joshua recognized these things. And he told his nation, you can go back across the river and you can go back to the gods you used to serve. You can go back to Egypt if you want to. Or you can choose to dwell here at the Amorites and worship their gods. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many today says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Church, this is my last point. I'm getting ready to close. Thank you again, Pastor, for the opportunity to speak to this church today. It's been a, a real honor. Joshua met the people in the valley of Shechem. Somebody say Shechem. I don't speak Hebrew, so I had to look it up, right? Shechem means shoulder. Now bear with me here. He was meeting with his nation in the valley of the shoulder. What's significant about that? Well, I'm glad you asked. He was meeting them where his fathers had lived and died in that valley. He was meeting them where his 
children had played when they were younger. He was meeting them where the bones of his ancestors were buried in that valley of Shechem, that valley of the shoulder. You see, church, they were standing on the shoulders of those that had gone on before them. You see, somebody somewhere started a church in White Sulphur and that church grew and God used it. And there were men and women of God that came into that church that have all gone on to glory. And then there was a man by the name of Chad Dingus and his lovely wife, Karen, they came here a few years ago and they started this church. I think 70 people was here. Maybe a few left after you got here, you said. A couple left and a couple came back. And they had a, a beautiful church building, but God gave him a vision to build it and to make it bigger, more vibrant, more opportunities for people to worship. But this church that we're in today is standing on the shoulders of all those that have gone beyond before us. You get that in your spirit today. You see, you're standing here. Go ahead and stand if you would, please. You're standing here today because of some praying grandmother. You're in this house today because some grandpa loved the Lord. You're here today because some friend bowed on the knee with you and you gave your heart to Jesus. We are standing on the shoulders of all those that have gone before us. And so Joshua wanted to drive that point home to the people of Israel. Choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But we're standing on the shoulders of those that have gone before us. You see, real quick, five people in a little coal town started a Bible study, a small group, if you will. And they loved the Lord and they they prayed together once a week and they met once a week and they decided that maybe they needed to start a church. And so they prayed for God to send them a pastor. And God sent them a pastor. And they didn't have a building and so they found this old pool hall slash beer joint, if I can use an old term, down in this little coal camp that they cleaned up and they drug all the beer bottles out of it and all the other uh, dust and coal ashes out and they cleaned it and they put white paint on it and they called it a church. And a middle-aged woman whose husband was not a believer walked her five little children because she never learned to drive about a mile down the road to this little church. And her five children found the Lord there. Her only son became a minister of the gospel and he is a pastor of the Danville Church of God in Danville, Virginia. But her four daughters found the Lord and her middle daughter found the Lord and raised her family and her son found the Lord in that little, beat up little church. And he's standing here today talking to you. He's standing today here speaking to you. And you see, my grandmother's done gone on. In 2017, I said goodbye to her. She was 102 years old. I'm standing on her shoulders. And my mother, we could go from Saturday, we said goodbye. She had a massive stroke, lived about a day and she, she went home. So this message is very personal for me. 
because I'm standing on the shoulders of those that have gone on before me. So Bethesda, I have a question for you today, and this is one of those life-changing questions. This is one of those questions that may alter the destiny and the future of your life. Are you ready for it? Who will stand on your shoulders? Who will stand on your shoulders? Be careful which God you choose. But as for me in this house, we will serve the Lord. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Every eye closed, please. If you're here in this house today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're here today and maybe you came as an invitation or maybe you've come here for a few Sundays to check things out, but you're not real sure about this, this Jesus thing and you're not real sure about living for God, but maybe in your heart or maybe you're online and you're, 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 you're thinking, maybe I need to get right with God. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, but you say, Everett, I'm going to have to make a decision today. I'm going to have to make a decision. I've got to make a decision that's going to affect my future, my children, my wife, my husband, my family, my career. I walked in here this day, man, I just thought it was just an ordinary church service, but somehow God's got a hold of you. If you're here today and that's, that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand in this house today? Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, thank you. If you're here today and you say, Everett, I, I, I've known the Lord, I've, I've, I've played church for a little while, I've kind of come off and on when I felt like it, and I, I really love God, but I just haven't been able to let go of some things. There's some gods in my life that I've been serving, some addictions I'm struggling with, or maybe it's just some, some things that I haven't been able to just completely Get under the blood of Jesus. If that's you, I'm speaking to you today. I'm speaking to you today. If you're here and you say, you know, Everett, I, I, I've loved the Lord most of my life and I've served him, but there's just something missing. It's just not the way it used to be. The, the passion I had for God has gone out. Or maybe you've had your feelings hurt. Or maybe something's happened in your life that that's challenged or threatened you in some way with your faith and, and you start to question things and you don't understand, I'm here today to tell you that God is still God and that He still loves you and that no matter what the enemy throws against you, no weapon form shall prosper. I'm speaking to you today. If you're here today and you say, I just want the Lord to know that as for me and my house, I'm going to serve Him wholeheartedly till the day I die. Would you put your hand in the air? Just raise your hand. Thank you for those hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, pray with me today. We have some here today that are not believers, so pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I need a Savior. I am lost. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for you to come into my heart. I accept this day you as my Lord and Savior. I love you. I'll follow you. And I'll worship you 
to the best of my ability because you died for me and now I'm set free. In the name of Jesus, amen. Church, can you give the Lord a hand this morning? Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv slash give. We'll catch you on the next episode and we hope you have a great day.